This is the Copers of Fire podcast. Rock's not dead. It's been hiding. And you found it. Well done. Well done. Cobras and Fire, or welcome back, I should say. This is part two of the 1991 Year in Review. I am Baco, and I will soon be joined by the ever loquacious and sexy voiced Luz Cannon. Um, if you haven't checked out part one, I highly recommend that you do so. I mean, it's free. You just got to go back, got to download that one first, or just stream it however you want to do it. But if you don't, you're just going to kind of be lost. You know, it's like, hey, was, they're talking about this Nirvana thing, and I'm I'm not really sure. I just, you know, you're just not going to be able to keep up with the plot, so to speak. Anyway, it's available at SoundCloud, you know, uh, iTunes, I don't know, other places that Luz usually tells me to say, and I forget. Uh, just type in Cobras and Fire Podcast, and you'll find all sorts of links through your Google machine. And... Uh, don't forget to swing by our Facebook page and click like. And please, please, for the love of all thing Cobras, uh, swing by iTunes and leave us a nice review if you like what you hear because it uh, it makes Loose Cannon, you know, extremely happy, which also makes Loose Cannon much easier to deal with. And therefore, you're also doing me a solid, so... Head on over to iTunes to find the Cobras and Fire podcast and say some wonderful five-star things about just how smart, intelligent, and good-looking we are. And if you feel like throwing in a dick reference, well, I'll take that as like a personal homage. Anyway, uh, uh, hey, wait, I'm just getting word now that uh, we're, we are ready to join uh, Cobras and Fire uh, 1991 year... I'm okay. I'm getting two fingers. What does two, what does two fingers mean? I don't. I don't know it. Okay. Now I'm getting one finger. And yes, yes, we are going to join Cobras and Fire 1991 Year in Review Part Two in progress. Enjoy. All right. That was searching with my good eye closed by Soundgarden <coughs> from they're from Seattle. Yes, but not anymore. I think the singer lives in France. He moved and has made (laughs) consistently shitty solo albums, (laughs) including an album called Scream, produced by Timbaland. It's proof in advertising. If you listen to it, you'll scream. I mean, my have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's I love a, Chris Cornell. It's a mess, though. He can do mess. almost no wrong by me, even though he continues. That to you like that me. one, though? No, 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 no. You let me finish my sentence. He Continue. can do almost no wrong by me, even though he continues to do wrong by me. <laughs> okay. Have you heard this new one? Is it any good or no? No, I actually. Oh, I love that one song they play on the radio. Uh, fuck. Oh, whatever. It's but fuck. Uh, it the the the. The point being is that I just love the sound of his voice. It was almost like hearing Axel on Chinese Democracy made you forget for a moment the first time you heard it that it was only Axel. You know, yes. it was like just hearing that voice was kind of cool after a decade. But uh, no, well, let's talk about let's talk about Axel real quick. 
What came out also in 1991? Oh, well, uh, we uh, did. Did we cover? Uh, uh, <laughs> for uh, we're not use your yeah. illusion at all. We should do an episode on that. Yeah, we probably should. So Maybe we're not going to cover that. We're not going to really cover that. But we have two Guns N' Roses episodes for those that are new to the show. One that uh, talks about the reunion in full or whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. the second one is we do purge your illusion where I, I almost break Baco by trying to <laughs> trying to cut the user illusion albums down to 12 tracks. Correct. I tried to kill my childhood by childhood. Yes. I mean, my yes. early twenties Were those albums, did those albums do okay or, or did, or did they suffer? Did they suffer that year? Well, you got to remember, I mean, because uh, what did appetite end up selling right around 20 million too? I mean, these barely sold twenty million combined. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, mean, come on. If it, if no Nirvana, it would have been forty million. Yeah, there were there were it, unfortunately there were people showing up at midnight at stores because there was, you know, that was the only way you could get them. It was just a, <laughs> a, a bad a bad it was a bad distribution That's the center. Only way you could get them. The only way we're only selling GNR after midnight. That's right. You can only They're get gremlins. Because, because grunge had completely we won't, clogged, clogged we don't the distribution feed them channels. or we let them get wet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there, there's another – but, again, another – now, how the ones we mentioned so far, like whether you think these are your favorite albums commercially and, and critically or whatever Right, no, that say, was our point is that like – Ozzy, you know, Metallica, Guns N' Roses. I mean, um, we can what, even talk about what happened after 91, like, you know, because – even if you buy the argument, it was still late, so you could defend it going, well, these records came out before. Okay, you got to remember, like, what, it was late 92, if I remember right. And you, Of course, you you can correct me because you usually yeah. do. But I think um, uh, the, the cover of Signs on 5-Man Acoustical Jam by Tesla, that was their biggest hit. I think that that was 91. Yes, it was 91. No. Sign, that, the 5-Man the, the Acoustical Jam came out in 91. That would have made it's- my list. As well, yeah, no, that was another another one that was that was huge, and that kind of started the whole unplugged thing for, for the exactly, most part. yeah, that started the unplugged thing that a lot of the uh, grunge bands got credit for. Yeah, uh, well, was, no, did huge. it really started? I think uh, G and R with Lies really kind of gave it the boost. I don't know, but that but that was another huge mm-hmm. album that year, and that came out like um, near the end. I think I remember having that during the summer or at least the fall, and the yeah, uh, fall ninety two. And I remember that mostly because I know it was in the fall because I didn't have a house. <laughs> <laughs> I was homeless. I remember that. Who's your burn? <laughs> but but yeah. So then you also have like we mentioned, you know, briefly. You know, you got Van Halen. Fuck came out. That was big. You got. Um, They're kind of bigger than uh, uh, than metal, though, don't you think? They're almost like one of those. That's true. 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 But but still, it. it uh, that did really well, but even for for them, that was as as popular. You're not going to believe it. Was, it. What? We're both wrong. What do you mean? The five man acoustical jam. 1990. 1990. God damn it! <laughs> I knew I was in college. All right, all right. November 1990. Okay, well that that avoided us being corrected later. So thank you very much for checking that out. I would encourage people to still correct us, but please. definitely crept into 91. Definitely crept in. That album, but yeah. So one of the bands you had on your list of, of ones that were um, signaled the death is. D- did you ever like Extreme, even Pornography? Oh yeah. Oh, you did. Oh okay, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. 
because that one is, and I didn't realize it until the um, I started looking on discographies. Do you know who the producer was on that? Oh, fuck. It was Michael Wagner. Yeah. I was, okay. Now, it's pornography, right? Because that's how they Porn- say it pornography. In Pornography. Did I say pornography? Yeah, but I've heard a lot of people say it that way, including the singer of the band, as far as like talking about it. Pornography. 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 Yeah, yeah. But it should be pornography, right? Is that um, your argument? No, no. I think pornography, because that's the pun. Pornography, yes. pornography. Yes. Pornography sounds like two words. It's a tongue twister. I'll tell you that much. I put them on the list because their first record, which I actually dig, mm-hmm. um, badly produced, very, very I, badly produced. The production even is okay with me. I, I can usually get past that if I like the songs, which I do. But the lyrics are so silly. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Nursery rhymes. It makes Andrew Dice Clay's jokes seem like you know very <laughs> deep. So yeah, so I'll just touch on this a little bit. But did you ever read that article that I did about the? Great band, terrible brand of extreme. Yes, you did. So, what was your what were your thoughts? I can't believe Loose Cannon actually sat down and wrote something. <laughs> that was many years ago. <laughs> that was a reprint, Damn essentially. Man. But but yeah, no, I was, I was basically breaking down that thing. That was funny about Extreme was that I heard this uh, that album. I, I guess this album came out in 1990. From my my, my pornography, research. yeah, yeah. Okay, but but I hadn't heard it till ninety one, and most people, I think, more than words hit ninety one. Oh say that's yeah, true? that sounds that sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's when people get the started. funk out was the first single, and and decadence. Da- yeah. Oh yeah, decadent dance was the first single. Right. So none of those hit, and so the first, you know, surprise. The first impression for most people was the song "More Than Words." So people bought this. My whole thing was that it was a bad brand because I guarantee all these. Girls and everybody bought this, and the first thing they get is songs like like Little Jack Horny. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a monster talking about just masturbation. You know, your 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 favorite subject and everything. And and yeah, then, thanks. They get, they got they got obviously the name of it, pornography. You got right. uh, Susie wants her all day sucker. You know, you got blowjob songs. You got uh, He Man Woman Hater. <laughs> the, but you've got all this kind of stuff, and it, it's just like whatever you thought it was going to be was completely the polar opposite, I think. And, and my argument was that this album, more than any other album, and I would love somebody to challenge this. If you go into any of the, not that they exist anymore, but if you can, if you ever went under the section that was E, there's more returned UCDs of Extreme 2 <laughs> Pornography than anything oh, I've ever seen. I will challenge us. Let me see real quick. Um, Go ahead. Off because, the top because of my people, head, because a lot of Arrested Development. Them. Do you remember that bad? That <laughs> well, band? That's not even the same genre. They I'm sold... Hard rock. Well, well, no, but just... Oh, in genre. Okay. Oh, why Arrested Development, though? Uh, well, they sold 10 million records and uh, because they won a Grammy. It was, they were like uh, Lauren Hill. They were the band that you wanted to like even though you couldn't. So you would gotcha. buy the record because you felt it made you like credible or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, of the ten million, nine point five, nine point five million of them were, were resold to record stores. <laughs> I'm talking about just people returning them. Is my point is that people got it and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And you, know, you didn't think did... wholehearted kept them in. That was their best song in the record. <laughs> that was pretty. I like that better than more than words. If I'm oh yeah, me too. I probably my, that is my favorite extreme song. Is wholehearted. Yep. It's a great song. Yeah, but like what 
besides that, like a, a, a rock song on this, because I do want to feature one song from this album, because I think it's a... It's a 1990 record, though, man. We're 90 to 1. Fuck it, man. It's it's 91 in culture. We're talking about culture. All right, culture. pick the I'm fucking push song. It. It'll be on there. What do you want? Come on. You pick one. We got, I'm, I'm I've gonna already give you one. You picked just... a couple. This is your... Ah, shit. I don't know. If you, if you're not going to pick, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to yeah. pick your masturbation song. It's a monster. Okay.
now we're we're back in 1990. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've time traveled have, from I'm my, my push right now. <laughs> my, my push, just like I say, that facelift was really a 91 album. Same with uh, pornography. Because it didn't those those things start didn't start hitting as far as culture goes. Oh, but then can we do any, it? Ain't like that. Yeah.
Why not? That's a great fucking song. I used to have a hard time convincing you. We've already we've already jumped it here back two times in a row. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cobras and Fire presents 1991-ish. Ish and 90. We, we're not good at calendars. <laughs> All right, Baco. So what you want to talk about next? I'm throwing it to you. We're bands. All right. You know what? Fuck it. Um, we've avoided Pearl Jam this long. What did you think of the album 10? First impression, I was not a big fan of the song Alive, but, you know, I loved Evenflow for a single, and mm-hmm. the fact that that video was actually a live version of it, and I know that's the song. And, and that, it, was a different, it was a different recording, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a different recording of it. I thought that was really cool. But really, you know, the, the whole, I know this is a stretch here, but, you know, I didn't really pay attention that much about the, the differences of everything, and I just thought... You know, the riff was awesome. I love the guitar solo in Alive, and I know it's inspired, you know, by, you know, whatever you want to say. It's this, the, it's, it's, it's snaked from either She or also from a Door song, too, that I can't remember. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Five from One or something. Five like from that. One or whatever. But it's the same kind of breakdown. And I remember hearing it and actually being like, God, this sounds familiar. And it was driving me nuts forever because of the fact that I, you know, I, I did this. I'm a huge Kiss fan. I heard she like over and over again, but but I remember just not being drawn in until that, and it definitely wasn't you know the whole thing about good times and and partying and that upbeat kind of stuff that was a big change. But I was like, you know, and, and the imagery I definitely wasn't drawn to at, as much to these these type of bands. But it's a great, that's a great fucking song, and it really it, at the same time wasn't um, Ugly Kid Joe out in '91 too. Or not? Or is that yeah, 92? no. Ninety one was ugly, ugly, ugly kid Joe for sure. Okay, so the reason I say that is that was like, that video was kind of like the surf thing and the the beach and ugly kid Joe climbing. So I didn't really. I know this sounds funny in, in retrospect, but I didn't see that much separation as far as the imagery from from that at least that <laughs> that video for that. I know it's like yeah, yeah, ugly but kid when, Joe. when you heard the music, there had to be some separation. Even even flow was just a it's just a. Anyway, so that was the one that, that drew me in, and I got it. And I, I got to tell you, like I was never, I I like I I love Ten now, but mm-hmm. but the what really drew me in for Pearl Jam wasn't a couple of years later, and and that was with with Versus. Versus just grabbed me by the nuts, and and I think I think Ten's a better record, but I love them both. I, I do, I, I think so too. But at the time, um, I think Versus was so much tighter. Like they were like three minute songs, and there was just a little bit of a different uh, animal to use a pun. The song. And, and, were you but, aware of the whole mother love bone thing at the time, or did I was for me? I yes. had to I had to go backwards from Pearl Jam. I, well, I went I went Pearl Jam, and then oh, you mean did you go Pearl Jam then Motherbone? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so I definitely want to, you know, whatever you want to say that that album, nobody knew about until Pearl Jam came out for the most part, I would say, unless you were in Seattle. So I definitely want to feature a song from, from that band. 100%. And I, I don't know. I went, I Which think one? I liked you mother to do crown of thorns. Um, well, it's not to crown of thorns just cause that is, that's part of my, uh, also presentation of when grunge finally made the shift. I Bone think China. That's a great song. Shangri-La, whatever you want to pick. I don't care. There's a lot of great songs. Pick one. Stardog champion.
Well, back to uh, Pearl Jam, though. Um, with with ten, um, did you? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't get it at first, but, but when I did, I really got into it. Me too. Uh, it it took a little bit. It was a grower, right? Yeah. Do you like the song "Release Me"? Fuck yeah.
all of it's great. It's ten is a perfect ten for me. It's a great album. I and by the way, have you ever heard the? Did you hear the one that came out with about five or six years ago that was re- completely remixed by Brendan O'Brien, their producer no, since ten? I, I know what you're talking about, but no, I've never heard it. You must get that. That album, the original version of Ten, is flat, and you know how the kick-ass the production is on like verses and pretty. He's been their producer on every album since. Mm-hmm. Okay, imagine that with that production. Just buy it immediately. Spend your ten bucks. It's it's worth every penny. It's and the packaging is really cool in that one too. So the uh, it brings new life into those those songs. So and you'll hear them and be like, "This is how it should have sounded." Even though you love it, you, I think you really like it. And so. there you have it, like a Copers and Fire endorsement. Yes. Pump some more money into that, that corporation. Well, we didn't talk too much about it, but uh, Joe Walsh had a bit of a, a resurgence in 1991. Do you know what I'm Kick talking it. about, Luz? You did mention it when we were offline a second ago, and I did not know that that was as new. I mean, not new, but I thought that was a 70s song. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, like you just mentioned this? He Break basically it down. did kind of try to replicate one song, you know. Right. What is it? Well, he tried to replicate Life's Been Good, but... Uh, Correct. I don't know. It, the, it's from the album Ordinary Average Guy, and it's called Ordinary Average Guy. Ordinary Average Guys.
sir, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You know what he also tried to replicate again was, uh, and did you ever listen to Analog Man? Mm. After you told me to, yes. I don't remember too much about it, but it was, it was actually a, a pretty solid record. There, The one song that was also kind of a rewrite was called Lucky That Way. You ever heard that? Well, if it was on there, I heard it. Okay. Well, that that's that's kind of like the part three of... Uh, the, that, okay. that that trilogy of, of similar type songs. They're all catchy as, as hell. Well, and another old timer for you there, Loose, that was uh, still kicking some butt in 1991, uh, as uh, somebody lamer than me might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lee Roth had a record out. He had a hot I... shot new guitar player named Jason Becker. Do you know what I'm talking about? A little late enough. Did you get a, ever get a chance to dig into that? The the Jason Becker part or the the album? Just the record. Yeah, I remember getting it, and actually, I worked at Power ninety five in the uh, Pop Power. Yes, at the uh, the midnight shift right after um, I graduated from high school for that summer, and they had you know the promo CDs, and I remember seeing that one with a little devil in the front of it, and he's like <laughs> he's like. Uh, you know, when you work there and you're an intern and everything, they're like, whatever, we're never going to play on the radio, you can have. And uh, did that the album do okay? Because I don't remember it doing that that great. Sales-wise, I don't think so. But I remember I um, uh, he had a, what was the, oh, I say mama, a little late enough ain't, was was the first single. I love, I love that song. It's a good, it's a fun song. It's okay. But I, I actually really, really enjoy the song, Sensible Shoes. <laughs> Some sensible shoes. 
I mean, probably uh, the best thing David LaRoth ever did was uh, leave Van Halen and then fire uh, Billy Sheehan. And uh, and then fire uh, Steve, Steve Vai. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So what's another uh, release this year? Well, Great White released the record Hooked, which, I don't know, I, you're not that big of a fan. Is, is that right? Oh, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan. I don't dislike them. I just never got uh, hooked uh, by them 100%. I actually... Ah! Uh, Yes, a little pun. But the the thing I did not know until I think like last year is I never knew that that uh, Once Bitten, Twice Shy was a cover. Shut up. I didn't. I thought that was like, I, I had no Don't idea. Don't get me wrong. When I heard their version, I didn't know the, the original version. But it was like talked about so much. Like, oh, it's our cover of the blah, blah, blah. Who the hell did it first? Was it uh, a nobody band. I don't even think so. It was like even a nobody band beyond that. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I never knew <laughs> it was a cover. So that's it's just kind of funny. It's like one of those. They have, by Quiet the way, Riot. a ton of those songs in their catalog. Uh, there, there's at least one on every album that isn't theirs. 
Really? Yeah. I love his voice. Hooked, but... Jack Russell's voice is great. And anyway, continue about this, what, what, what? This is my favorite record by them. Okay. And you, like, you, what's, so you know uh, none of the songs, huh? You know, I think I have a few. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Um, Desert Moon was yes, the, that's a good song. That's that was the song. one that uh, was they were playing when the club lit on fire. Unbelievable. I mean, I've always liked Desert Moon, but I, I did not know. know that. I did not know that uh, that factoid. And there's like an, <coughs> ah, there's an ELO cover at the end. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, whatever. Well, let's move on to the Red Hot Chili Peppers released. Probably the pinnacle of their. It has to be right. I mean, blood sugar oh, commercial magic. No, yeah, just, it's like that. I, I think in general. I mean, even if you're like, like a diehard fan, don't you have to admit this is their Sergeant Pepper's? This and um, I mean, after this, Kella, they basically released the same record for oh yeah twenty years. I mean, Cali, uh, whatever Californication. That was another huge one. A lot uh, of a lot of record, lot of records and songs with the word California in it. <laughs> exactly, that's the whole thing. I think they showed one of those those pie charts. You ever <laughs> see those thing? Where yeah. it's, a, it's like a big circle, and it says, and it shows number of uh, songs with California. And it's just a big. It's just one color, like that for Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're right, but yeah, no, this is a this is this is kind of the album too that that uh, I, I think I've mentioned before that kind of. I guess it wasn't the beginning, but I, I think that rock bands grabbed on to, hey, let's put on, let's put seventeen sure. songs on, seventeen songs on a record, though. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot of filler on this. I love my favorite track on it. Actually, is the title track, which doesn't get played that much, or it doesn't. Uh, Magic baby, sex, sex magic. magic, sex magic. I don't like suck my kiss. But I think if you want to go back a little, I don't like suck my kiss either. By the way. You go back a little bit, though, to their their previous record, Mother's Milk. That is kind of a, a calling card to say, you know what, things are going to change. Um, because they had a little bit of a hit with the, yep. the Stevie Wonder cover. And yep. that was also around the time that the Beastie Boys came out. And shortly <laughs> after that was followed by, like, Faith No More. Plus, you had Thrash kind of making its way. And a lot of stuff kind of came to a head in 90 and 91. And all that was kind of an opposite reaction to the the stuff we're talking about with the Dawkins and the Poison and stuff like that. And and what I'm saying is that like almost like a weather forecast, you could see it coming, especially in hindsight. What? Yeah, I mean, you can you definitely. I mean, it was a lot of different different things going on. Like for example, Attack of the Killer Bees came out this year. Oh right, right. And that's exactly what you're talking about. They had a little public enemy in there that did all their uh, their B sides, and that was definitely a little uh, left field too, right? I mean, sure, it, it, all that kind of stuff that you're talking about—the whole faith no more—and yeah, I didn't think about and, that. And, way. and all these things kind of were developing, almost like a, a thunderstorm kind of coming. And and then like Nirvana, you know, because Nirvana is always called upon because they had the monster record at the beginning of the change. Over the right. official change, but there were signs well before that. But going back to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, because, you know, I, I kind of use them as kind of an example of, like, you could kind of see that they were doing something um, that was going to get, you know, a lot of the same guys that liked that music. Like, yeah, they liked, you know, Rat and Twisted Sister, but suddenly the Beastie Boys came along and, and they said, this is what I want. You know, right. anyway, but that kind of ties into our whole theme. But with the Blood Sugar Sex Magic record... I love the song, If You Have to Ask. I love the song, The Greeting Song. 
lovely man. I could have lied. All of those are just great, and those aren't the hits. You know, so what? What, no. what are you, what are your thoughts on any of those? No, I I like the album a lot. I, I could probably uh, cut at least five songs out out of it. But the but I remember for whatever reason again one of my memories was uh, and I know this is uh, was we had a pool table in the basement of the house that caught on fire oh and my uh, God the fire <laughs> and and I remember listening to this uh, uh, that's a real thing by the way what what's a what's a real thing the fire this is a horrible tragedy in your life <laughs> it's not a tra- it's 25 years ago but the uh, but, but the point nobody was hurt it's just things that's my point about the purge is is shit is just shit for the most part yeah you don't pictures, take it with you do you? It, 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 it just pictures it makes, now, it makes you think seriously it makes you like think that. i was right about that you're like hey here's a picture of like me with my granddaughter uh ah, burn it <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we we had uh, uh, I guess some relatives have some copies of, of uh, evidence that I was a child at some point. But the point being is that <laughs> that that uh, um, I remember playing this album like in rotation, playing uh, pool like in the basement and everything like yeah. that, and, and it just fucking flowed. Like I remember liking this, and again, like it, it be it grunge or whatever it is, it was just there was more stuff coming out that was just different than the, than. But but on the same token, on the flip side, think about this: a greatest hits package, decade of decadence. Okay, Motley Crue. That album was big too, and that's just a greatest hits package. They had. Is they there had a song that. on there that was new for the record that you like? <laughs> I did like Primal Scream. They put a video out for that. They put. They also did the remix of Home Sweet Home. And my point is though is that that sold several million albums sure. that year. And Rat had one that year too. Yeah, was that a greatest hits? Was that the Rat and Roll? Well, they both went eighty-one, ninety-one on their title. Okay, well then uh, that was probably Rat and Roll. It was called then. Decade of Decadence and Rat. I can't remember what they called theirs, but they both used eighty-one, ninety-one in their title. But again, I mean, again, this is this is when the record industry was just printing money. If you think about it, like they were just putting out the same mm-hmm. these packages and and even Columbia a, even, House was sending uh, uh, unrequested records to people's front doors too. <laughs> this is true. So I'm going to throw this out there too. Is 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 I don't really I think that the the sign the real sign that that there was a big shift was one specific specific compilation that came out not in 91 but 92 that really was the complete shift now i know 91 was Lollapalooza, correct that was the first one yep yep yep. okay so june 30th 1992 i've got wikipedia pulled up here what do you think uh compilation album came out that year it was a soundtrack It's not no. Bill and Ted was ninety one, so uh, <laughs> we will touch on that in a second too. But but my point is is that go for that, it. What, I don't know. I don't think that that I'll just leave. Uh, I'll just read some of the tracks. Wood breathe. Seasons. Oh, singles. Okay, that that one. Paul Westerberg, Chris Cornell, that Mother Love Bone was on there. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey. Um, I know that your your boy from uh, Replacements is on here. So the he's got, already uh, said his name, by the way. Yeah, I know. Screaming Trees, Smashing Pumpkins. This was just kind of the album that I think said, here, there's a, a mainstream movie. You've got got all these artists together. This is where it's going going forward. But that's a good – but my point of that is just what you just said. The Bill and Ted's <laughs> was just a year earlier, and that was kind of like the same kind of thing, like a, a soundtrack that 
had the the popular bands of the time or whatever. That was or, more or kind of like that. Actually, is almost a perfect segue between the two, don't you think? I I think the, the Bill and Ted soundtrack is almost like that that perfect center of a, a of a tornado. It's like this weird like conflux between what was happening and what was about to come. And I don't think soundtracks are typically like anything but garbage. Correct. And that one. That one at least reaches okaydom. Yes. Does that make sense? It's, yes. It's okay. Yeah. It, it's it's listenable. But so. yeah, no, that's that's a perfect thing. I, I like that. Like 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 from Bill and Ted spawned singles, sort of. You know what I mean? Like there was a. I do like the the the, the single soundtrack better, but. Oh yeah, but I mean, I, I actually went and after we we discussed this a little bit last week, and I put on that. Um, you know, it starts with "Shouted Out" by Slaughter, which is the yeah. the second song that Slaughter Probably did. Probably the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, that song is. It, it, what I think is amusing is that not once my but, cat tried to commit suicide while I was listening to it. <laughs> but that, it's it, actually children okay. flee when that song I'm, is playing. I, I'm actually okay with the song until the chorus kicks in and the end part when it all accelerates and gets faster and faster. Horrible, the uh, but but the point the is horribler and horribler. Yes, but the but the, the funniest part <laughs> of, part about it is the fact that not once but twice Slaughter has come out with songs that almost are the same title as a, a Kiss song. The whole, you know, sl- uh, what sleep all night? What is it? How's that? The silly Up song. Night, sleep all day. Up all night. Sleep all day. Rock and roll all night. Shout it out loud. You know, it even like sounds like it on the the chorus. You gotta shut me down. So that kicks it off. Where are you going, kitties? <laughs> God, I forgot that part. Is that why put, your cat runs? Put down those razor blades. No, I'm making up lyrics. No, okay. Then you got. Then it goes. It goes slaughter. It goes winger. Then you got some band called Kiss with God gave rock and roll to you. You got uh, Neverland. Their best cover, by the way. They're the best cover tune they ever did. <laughs> No, I gave Rock and Roll to you too. It's a good song. Then you got uh, Steve Vai, Faith No More, Megadeth. I didn't know The Perfect Crime was on here. That's a good song. That was a good uh, song. Faith No More. Well, Luce. 1991. Did you have fun? I did. I I, I really enjoyed going back in time and remembering my Your entire burning life down. burning down to the ground and and everything being left and and nothing but ashes and having no memories older than 25 years ago and it was excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I worked in a restaurant in 1991, so I did too. I also worked in fast food. God what, what, damn it! You, what, what oh, you gotta beat me. What what fast food did I also was being tormented? I worked at a Ponderosa. What do you think of that, motherfucker? I, was, I, I worked was, uh, at uh, Country Kitchen. Oh my god, that sounds worse. And the only thing that got me through 
<laughs> was rock and roll. Was rock and roll. We touched a little bit on. Um, by the way, this was fun. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a good good time. We we t- we hit. Uh, 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 you know, it was a good variety. We hit. We hit both the the spandex and the flannel. Correct. Yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention that I am wearing a sleeveless flannel right now. You are excellent. I was hoping that's what you did for the show to get into the the zone. It's all about keeping it real, man. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, man. So, what what else did you want to cover before we uh, kind of end this? Well, before I say good night to you and um, wish you well on your transition to uh, pretty much, uh, you're gonna go about what two thirds across the country. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but but yeah, the uh, Cobra Studio, Cobra South, is moving out west. Uh, we are moving from South Florida to Colorado, Denver specifically, and I will actually probably not uh, hate Baco as much because they seem to be, I would say, the majority of the time somebody's on tour, they go to Denver and they do not come to South Florida. But they do go to Minnesota in the Midwest all the time. So we'll be <laughs> we'll be closer to equals, I think. Or maybe I will become dominant and you will start to hate me and be jealous. Well, you, you might hate me because now you're driving distance. I think I can hit Denver in about 10 hours. So, Whatever, dude. But continue. I'm there. I'm on your front porch. Loose. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, you're going to go. You're going to lose your voice if you keep using that voice. But continue. Continue. What else What else you got? What other well, band came we, out with an album? We talked about, uh, uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge, uh, The Fuck Record yes. by Van Halen. Very clever. Uh, you love it? Uh, the album, I, I don't love it as a whole. Actually, I think it's one of um, looking. I, I liked it then. Then I go back to it, and they have shit like spanked and uh, <laughs> oh, spanked sucks. By the it's way, it's terrible. That's what I'm saying. I heard like, the story about how they came up with that. And no, please it. tell me. Tell me. Oh, um, Andy Johns is that the guy who produced it? Yep. Some Englishman produced it. All I know is that like they were they were recording the music to it. And there, there was something wrong with the speakers in the fifty one fifty studios, uh-huh. and and producer blah 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 said those speakers sound spanked, and so Sammy Hagar ran with it. I see, very inspired. The uh, actually it says producers Andy, you're right, you're half right, it's Andy Johns, and Ted Templeton. So I don't know if they just like you remix so, it or something. Like I that. I must be quoting Andy Johns. So. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like both of them were on cuz I think Andy Johns was the guy that was on OU812 as well. But yeah, oh. just to run down the tracks, you got Pound oh. Cake, U812? Yeah. Ridiculous. Judgment Day, Spanked, Run Around, Pleasure Dome. The the, the yeah. ones I've, I I'll just tell you know, okay. yeah, you when you read the song titles now I'm like I don't think I like this record that much. No, I like I I I remember liking this and I went back to it and I'll tell you this much I've never seen this from any band but when I saw Van Halen for the first time they played in order Pound Cake, Judgment Day, Spanked, Runaround and Pleasure Dome for the first 5 songs of the the concert and I was like what? This is odd. Weird. You know what I'm saying? Like like uh, weird. Bizarre, it is. So, do you think that we've made a case, though, a case that that revisionist history, worse than than Gene and Paul's, you know, uh, recollections of what what did of or did not I happen? Of course, I do. Yes, I, I and and anybody that disagreed with us that still disagrees with us is just the type of person that's always going to disagree with us. So, what do you want to do? What do you want to play? I want to play. The dream is over. So, would you like to play? The dream is over. I think I want to play. The dream is over. What do you got to say about that? 
I think we should play The Dream Is Over. Yes. And everybody, so remember, Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done. Hasta la vista, baby! say that about another year i can almost promise you so what do you think huh did we convince you 
Are you still thinking that if it wasn't for Kurt Cobain, Thunder would have been huge? You know what? Did things change? Absolutely they did. And there was, you know, as much as we loved all the parties and stuff, you know, there were these new bands that were creating their own waves and doing their thing. And a lot of them were coming out of Seattle. And they were talking about, you know, things of more substance in their lyrics. And that doesn't make the other bands bad. It was just time for a change. But as you saw in a lot of the examples that we listed, plenty of bands survived, especially 1991. And not only that, but they continued to, some of them even thrived beyond that. You know, we talked about Van Halen, Metallica, Skid Row, Ozzy. Tesla had a career well into the, you know, early part of the 90s. You know, even in, in, in spite of all this. So th the reality was that if you were good and there was substance to what you did, there was still going to be an audience for you. It was going to be okay. But if you were largely manufactured and put together by, you know, some idea of, you know, the Sunset Strip and your fake stage name had two X's in it, well, you were probably fucked, but that had nothing to do with grunge. You were fucked by anyway because hair metal had pretty much wore out its welcome uh, by the start of 1991. And, and, and in that way, hair metal is largely responsible for the creation of grunge, much more than you can blame grunge for killing hair metal. But anyway, that's where we're going to leave it. I hope you had fun. I hope you're going to tune into the next podcast where we're going to talk about another greatest year in rock or something else or some random thing. Hell, if you got an idea, let us know. Maybe we'll uh, throw it against the uh, Cobras, and My Cobras and Fire staff meeting and see if we can't uh, scrap that together for you. Anyway, for Loose Cannon, this is Baco signing out. And in the words of California's greatest governor, hasta la vista, baby. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.